Don't hide in their offices like cowards. That's enough. They fight alongside their soldiers. They die with that's, them on the battle. That's enough. I can't let you do this. What I do is not up to you. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am Tobin Addington. And I'm Islan Addington. And tonight we'll be talking about what I consider one of maybe three good things that came out of 2017, but arguably the best, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, I, I kind of want to know what the other two things that you like that came out of 2017, because it's hard. It's hard to, to pick stuff out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I bought a house. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. That's a good thing. Booth two. I need a minute. I'll think of the third. I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. All right, good. Yeah, throughout the episode, let us know how that, how that chucks up for you. Hey, we have a guest today. Yay, I'm so excited. Can you tell me who the guest is? I will. will, I'll unveil our guest momentarily. Uh, This is very exciting, though, both because of who the guest is and because this is like, you know, two episodes in, we already have a guest. Our guest today is the co-founder of Cage Club Podcast Network himself, Mr. Joey Lewandowski. Joey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me grace you. No, that's not how I want to say it. I don't want to thank you for letting me grace you with your my presence. That seems conceited and not what I want to say. I already thank said you. don't mess with me, dudes. <laughs> thank you for letting me share this wonderful movie with you. Aww. Yeah. What, what, what he's not saying is that this was a requirement for letting us have a podcast is that he had to be on the, the second episode. Yes. Match. <laughs> it was part of the it was part of the deal. Uh, yeah. Yes, but I'm very excited, very excited to have you here to help us continue to inaugurate this podcast. And yeah, about this movie, this was a pretty easy one to pick out for our first mm-hmm. season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like I said, it was hard to argue with it being a highlight of right. last year, and it's it just seems so time appropriate then mm-hmm. and now. So we would be real real off base if we didn't acknowledge <laughs> the wonder that is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to say right off the bat, I just want to get a sense of like wh- what your guys' uh, sort of expectations were stepping into this movie, what you're you sort of like, I was I was more interested in this than other. Um, in fact, I hadn't ever seen all the way through any of the other <laughs> DC movies. And but this is one I had my eye on for a long time as it was as it was approaching. Did you guys were you guys hyped for this movie or, or did you just like stumble upon it? I think it would. From my perspective, it was impossible to stumble upon. <laughs> yeah. um, I it sounds like you um, it was you, you know, you were waiting in the wings for it longer, I think, perhaps because of your um, insider knowledge generally <laughs> about these things. I, I knew it was coming um, both because I work on a college campus. So um, it's the comic book movies have a real audience there. But I think also because I work in a women's center and next to an LGBTQ center, my constituents were very interested in this film as they are with uh, Wonder Woman in the comics which we can get into some of the specifics of why in a little bit, if you want. Um, 
And then I kind of let it breathe a little bit. Like it got real big real quick. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it a second before I walked in. I'm also not, well, it's hard to say. I live in the world, so I've seen some comic book things. I don't tend to rush (laughs) to the theater for them. Um, And I also have not been clamoring for a DC anything. Um, (laughs) Though my, my household is decidedly DC because of Batman as a character. Mm, Right. Right. So I have allegiances due to relationship. (laughs) What about you, Joey? What was your experience like leading up to this movie? Well, I see every movie I can in theaters. And so of course I was going to see this and I had seen Batman versus Superman in theaters and I don't hate it the way that other people hate it, but (laughs) Oh, I'm less sorry. Indisputably. I think everybody agrees that Wonder Woman is the best part of that movie. And I was excited for it. I didn't really have expectations for it because I think as you go, as you both have sort of alluded to, there are a half dozen comic book movies each year now, and I just see them all and I just don't expect much of any of them, but I expect to enjoy them (laughs) and have a good time, but I don't think they're going to be my favorite movies of the year. And then I went to see this movie and like was crying during action scenes. And I was like, Oh no, like (laughs) this is not what I was expecting. And it's just like, I didn't, I mean, I'm not a little girl who's like looking up to, you know, emulate Wonder Woman or Gal Gadot or Diana Prince or whatever, but like, just being there and being like, oh, this is going to be so important for so many people and like being able to realize that, I think, and just also just mm-hmm. enjoy the movie as a movie and offer mm-hmm. it to be so far above the other DC movies and also above most of the Marvel movies, too, which, you know, I was really mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. on. Right. And then I think lately they've still been fine and good and fun, but they haven't been as good. And for this to come out, I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is so much more than it maybe should have been, but it also should have been exactly what it is because what it is, is perfect. Yeah. That's a really good point. And which, which leads us nicely, I think into our, uh, our two bits segment. That's a new name I'm trying out for our the history of the movie segment. But I found two fun little facts about this movie, about the, the development of this movie. And it, it gets to your point because there's so many ways this movie could have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, the, the this this sort of vaguely this version of the movie began development in 1996. And let me read you a few of the of the um, actors who were sort of uh, uh, possible choices. Oh, sorry. Oh, go good. Ahead. Yes. No, good. Because I last night I. I had that question. That's in my notes is that question. So it's like you're reading my notes. <laughs> so so uh, this is going sort of this. This is going all the way back to, to the mid 90s. But here are just a few of the names that, that came out. Mariah Carey was at one point. <laughs> oh, my God. Under consideration. Um, Sandra Bullock okay. was under consideration. Sure. Which you can yeah. see, right? Right. Yeah, that tracks. Well, Sandra Bullock has a special place here in our heart because she was almost a podcast on the network, but then that became wistful thinking. So we we love Sandra here. So oh. I feel like yeah, she's she doesn't mean it can't be in the future. No, I feel, <laughs> I feel like she's a little bit old for Diane because I feel like Gal Gadot was playing younger in this movie too, right? And I don't know. She she is, but sometimes the the earlier versions of this movie did not take place. It, like she was older in the okay. movie. It, it, it wasn't sort of a, a prequel to the, what 
then became the Justice League, Justice League that she was in. Gotcha. So uh, the the scripts there were there were a whole bunch of scripts written by a whole bunch of people uh, as as they were trying to develop this movie. Um, most of them men, but not all. Mm-hmm. Not all. There were a few women who wrote scripts along the way too. Most notably, the woman who wrote Shutter Island, yeah. the oh. DiCaprio Scorsese movie, and uh, yeah, she she wrote a script that apparently was sort of close to getting made. Now here here's one that made sense and one that blew my mind. Angelina Jolie at one point mm-hmm. when Joss Whedon was going to make the movie, oh. she was his number one choice okay which i could see right like she that's that's it would would have been a different um you know it's a, it would have been a different obviously different script the mm-hmm. the her I, to my mind she has more of kind of a like a knowing quality to I her i was humor. just gonna say that naive thing wouldn't have played right exactly then the last name that came up apparently had a meeting about i, I don't it wasn't clear to me which version of the movie was was beyonce well, now come on. <laughs> I, that, right? that would have been a different movie, but that is a movie I would yep. like to see. Yeah, I, w- I mean, yeah, I, I that kind of blew my mind. I'm trying to imagine imagine her version of the movie. Um, my other little fact we've alluded to a little bit that Joss Whedon was very close to making his version of this movie right before the woman before uh, Patty Jenkins got the job. Um, and then uh, and then Paul Feig actually pitched a, a sort of more comedy mm. version of the Wonder Woman story, um, which I'm sure would have been fun. But I don't I don't think I wanted to see it compared to this one. That Joss Whedon timing would have been like after Avengers. Yes. Okay. Yep. It would have been after Avengers. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then Michelle McLaren was hired to make the movie, uh, who uh, uh, was a, a female director who who you, was mentioned in industry circles in sort of the same breath as Patty Jenkins. Um, and I remember there was a bunch of uh, sort of hype at the time about, oh, my God, it's so hard to find, quote unquote, hard to find a woman to direct this movie, um, which which and, and very rarely was that like then did, did, was there a self-reflexive uh, second sentence that said, I wonder if it's because we're not giving women shots to make, to right. make these movies movies right um so anyway but i'm but they eventually as we all know landed on patty jenkins whose only other movie was monster is that right Mm -hmm. a lot of tv work and has been attached to other projects and um and written other projects and written other things right exactly exactly and i think for my money she was the perfect choice agreed i think all is well in that case wait is this michelle mclaren the one is she the one who does all like the the high profile TV stuff? Is that that Michelle McLaren? Yeah, like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones and The Leftovers and mm. Better Call Saul. Yes, exactly. Wow, yeah. Yep. So that's that's great. I, I recognize the name, but I didn't know who it was. But yeah, Patty Jenkins is the best. Yeah. Was that fact number one? That was those. That was fact one and two combined. It oh, was the actors and then the directors. Those were the sort of two, the two, the two. Those were your two bits for Wonder Woman. Look at the the web webs you're weaving. <laughs> Um, since you have already said the words Patty Jenkins mm-hmm. a few times, yes. I'm going to go ahead and list and name them out loud. Some of the other, not the only other, but some of the other significant roles and performances, etc. Women in Wonder Woman. Let's do it. So the lead actor, of course, is um, our friend and yours. <laughs> Gal Gadot or Gadot? Which do you want? I've heard both. Yeah. What I've heard is you have to say the T. You say I'm the never tea. going to say the T, but yeah. that's the correct when, when, way. I just won't. My brain won't work that when, way. Yeah, there's a. It's a. It's a bit of a Voldemort situation. There's is a, it not? There's a great YouTube compilation of her saying her name a lot in interviews. Oh, I love it. That's, and that, where does she land? Hello, my name is Gal Gadot. I'm obviously Israeli. Gal Gadot, Gadot, Gal Gadot. So who is Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. You start, you sort of, you sort of chew off the O and hit it, hit it with yeah. the T. 
you bite it off there. I like yeah. it. Okay. So anyway, can you say that can one I, again? Because I didn't get the sound effect. I was just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lead actor, mm-hmm. Gal Gadot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, nice. Um, director, as we've mentioned, Patty Jenkins. Executive producer, Rebecca Steele Roven. Producer, Deborah Snyder. I have a question and a comment. All right. My question is, is this person related to Zack Snyder by either marriage or blood? Marriage. And then I also wanted to add another. I wanted to add um, costumes. Lindy Hemming. As I don't know if you all were aware of some significant costume differences between (laughs) the Amazons, Amazonians in Wonder Woman and those in Justice League. And it was chalked up in part to both costumes and director being um, women in Wonder Woman versus not being women in Justice League. Huh. Yeah, if you look at the side by sides, yeah, it is it is awkward. You're a warrior, and yet your entire midsection is showing. Good plan, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. I um, haven't been putting the. Um, Cost, uh, costumes or editing in the um, the women involved in roles because those are mm-hmm. roles that have traditionally had more gender parity. Um, but but you're totally right. I, I I love that point. I remember when that maybe you even sent me. Did you send me the link of the the pictures side by side? Likely it's, I did. Yeah. 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 It was, it was sort of um. It was right there for everybody to see. <laughs> yeah. It was it was breathtaking. <laughs> if you will, Tobin, will you give a little plot summary for us? Diana, princess of the Amazonians, trained to be an unconquerable warrior, leaves the sheltered island paradise where she was raised when a pilot crashes on their shores and tells of a massive conflict raging in the outside world. Defying her mother, the queen, Diana accompanies the pilot into the streets of 1918 London and onto the ravaged battlefields of World War I, hoping to face and defeat Ares, the god of war, once and for all. Da, 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 da. Now, while you were reading, I was listening, but something <laughs> did occur to me. Tell me. Uh, as you were talking about realities that never were, paths we could have gone down with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Mariah Carey. Yeah. And I, I feel like you can tell me where I'm wrong, but each of our reactions demonstrated that that would have ruined this film. <laughs> right? So is the reverse true? Is there a transitive property available to tell us that if Gal was in glitter, mm. it would have been good? I think if Gal was in anything, it would have been good. I would watch it. I'd tell you that much. <laughs> I think she's I think she is I think she is a movie star. I mean she is great she is great in Fast Five and Furious Six and Fast and Furious. Oh, we will get to Giselle. Uh, Island's we other will get I, to Giselle in those films. Island's other favorite uh, <laughs> favorite franchise. Thank Shout so out much. to Fast Two Forever. We're going to get to those movies. Ooh, March, April, May. I think the first of the month each month. So that is yeah. There you go. Delightful. I'm already <laughs> on board. Um, I just have to ask Tobin, have you filled? your friend in on really what you're talking about when you say that? No, of course not. And our listeners have no idea either. Great. Okay. Do you want to fill me in? I confess. I 
wanted to see the first one. Okay. We were in an era in which Tobin wanted to see a lot of movies. Sure. And compared to what? (laughs) Wanted to see a lot of movies. And summertime, some of our friends were gone. So, and we enjoy each other's company. So we were going to a lot together. Now, Tobin wanted to see things like French bug movies. It's true. It's true. And Felicia's Journey. She left her home. What's your name? Felicia. I'm from Ireland. To search for the man she loved. And I, I, my views were a little more mainstream at that point. Also, anything's mainstream compared to a French bug movie. So this came out and I said, okay, I'll go to X with you if you go to Y with me. And my Y was Fast and Furious. And Tobin was a little bit shocked. <laughs> like, what? What is this? Why do you see this? I said, at the time, again, please keep in mind, at the time, I said, fast cars, fast women, I'm on board. (laughs) So we went. And I think we both enjoyed it. I had a great time. Yeah. I've never seen any of the other movies, but I had a great time with you at that first one. Oh, man. Now, I have seen some of the others, many in the context of a a riff tracks. Are you familiar? I am, but... I beg both of you to watch the rest of them unironically. So the second one is not great, but the first one is good. I mean, it's all about family. You guys are family. You love each other. (laughs) They love each other. You need to see these movies. Okay, this is a longer conversation than than we're going to have. My only... The only last thing I'll say is then Tobin had a trainer and for whatever reason told the trainer that I loved these movies. So for the last eight years or so, he has teased me about how this is my favorite franchise. He's given them to me as gifts. Um, He has tweeted or threatened to tweet about my love for this franchise. Um, So it's just one of those ways that Tobin Uh, just gets to go poke me a little. I told a bunch of classes that I teach. Yep. There you go, too. There are there are. Hundreds of young people who... <laughs> it's unironically my favorite franchise. So even if it's a joke or serious, I am on board. I will listen to that podcast and, and comment significantly. I haven't... Uh, it's, <laughs> this is becoming an addendum podcast. I've not sort of actively necessarily avoided them. It's just they haven't often run. It's just, I've just not ever really moved to see one. I, I do think, because uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts that discuss them. <laughs> and one of the things, right, as do I. one of the things that comes up a lot that I, that I think is, uh, is good is that here's this, like one of the highest money-making franchises in the world right now with this extremely diverse yes. mm-hmm. cast of, 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 of sort of a makeshift family mm-hmm. and like, you know, with, with um, uh, often uh, or, or at least some of the time uh, a director who's a person of color. Like, I, I feel like there is, there is, um, and maybe this is an exception that proves the rule. Like the industry can then pat itself on the back and say, Oh, we're fine. Cause look right. at all these, you know, <laughs> fast and furious movies. But nevertheless, I think that that's, that there's, that that's not, not all in all a bad thing. I want to say, but my last comment, just to, just, I think, Aside from the first movie, I think every other movie has been, I mean, they've all been directed by men, but they've all, none of them have been a white man since the first movie, I don't think. So that's worth noting, I think. Yeah. That is worth noting. Yeah. For 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 mainstream Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. That's big. Uh, So Wonder Woman. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move from the world of men back to the island, which I love, Themyscira. Yeah. Um, And in this rewatch, as I had, in the even the first time watching it, not really knowing what was coming next, I immediately like the minute you see the plane and the the force field, what whatever yep. you know 
brings Chris Pine into our field of vision. I thought, oh, I wish, I wish the whole thing was just here. Can it just be? I just want to know what crops do they grow? What sort of, you know, entertainment? You know, do, are there plays? Do they do summer theater? Like what? What's going on? I want to know more about their handicrafts. I just. It does feel like a location that you, you want to step into. I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. if you watch any of the making ofs on the DVD, um, Patty Jenkins talks through the the design of the um, location and how they chose it and where they went and how they decided on the architecture. And she talks about the crops that they would grow and all the stuff you're talking about. Like what what mm-hmm. would this um, you know, thinking about what time in the history of our actual world they would have gone? You know, they would have left the quote unquote rest of the world they would have just sort of exiled okay. themselves and what the yeah. so so their architecture and stuff branches from then you know so there was a lot of thought put into what what that place would look like uh we just mentioned objectification if indeed that entire tangent stays in the podcast and i i wrote in my notes in the first sort of training scene this is a way to show women's bodies in a not objectifying way So I was looking particularly at um, someone flipping off of a horse backwards Mm -hmm. and it's a full butt shot, right? Mm -hmm. That is just her rear end. And it was not at all about that. Mm -hmm. It was completely about her strength, her power, what she was doing. Well, what I noted later was that when she first dons, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but when she first dons the outfit on the battlefield and she marches across the battlefield and is, you know, the one woman wrecking crew, uh, Mm-hmm. There's so many close-ups that like fetishize her, but they're not fetishizing her body. It's like her mm-hmm. boots and her mm-hmm. lasso and her gauntlets, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yes, it's like, and you know, there are close-ups on like of uh, parts of her body or whatever, but it's like, it's sexualizing her strength, sort of. It's like this very intimate look in a way that doesn't at all make you feel icky. Like, yes, like this is a role model. This is a strong this is exactly what we kind of need like we because we want those like close-ups those cool shots and we get them it's just not like of boobs right well and you're you're absolutely allowed to have to show women's bodies right that's not in and of itself wrong it's you know the way that you're contextualizing it and what what the scene is about and i think you're right the scene is not about her cleavage ample as it may be it's remarkable the way that uh, to, to build off both your points, she's she um, uh, Patty Jenkins is taking the, the Zack Snyder style, which is because he directed the first of this iteration of the DC universe like that becomes sort of the house style, right, that everybody has to somehow to, to one degree or another conform to or pivot off of, which involves, you know, these slow motion shots and these lingering shots on people's bodies that sort of single out parts, uh, di- dissect them a little bit. What I noticed watching this is everything you guys have said, but that she's using his style. You know what I mean? She's mm. she's taking his language and applying it in this through this other lens that I that 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 and, and then it ends on her face. Yeah. Right. It ends on, on <laughs> like that's where right. it stops. And you're like, yes, she, we've we've, you know, uh, introduced the introduced a warrior here through, you know, through, as you say, her, her weapons and stuff. And also she embarrasses Zack Snyder with like the best use of his slow-mo. <laughs> like he's tried to do the slow-mo since. I don't know, Dawn of the Dead or maybe before that. And like, it's never been as cool as it is here. And I think part of that's to do with just like capturing the lasso, but like she does it better than him. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're doing, but like, I'm going to do it the right way. <laughs> 
Can I ask you guys it's my life story? Can I ask you guys <laughs> what what your experience was the f- first time watching the mo- emotional experience? Did you have an emotional experience as you as this movie began? I mean, I already said that I cried during the action scene. Like, I just it's it's so beautiful, and like the music still gives me chills. Like that one repetitive, you know, like chord or score or whatever, you know, like that, the da 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 da, mm-hmm. like that, like that's mm-hmm. every time that comes up, I can't, like, can't control myself. Like it just, that's what I want my theme music to be. <laughs> um, when you say the action scene, do you mean the on the front? I mean, the, all of, like the beginning, the like the training okay. in the beginning, the battlefield, you know, every time I, I, I might have singular singularized it, but like plural, like mm-hmm. every time she's out there kicking mm-hmm. ass, it's like something that we don't see enough of. I, I agree 100 percent in terms of the war, war, war part. That was really evocative for me, but not just because of this movie. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, Tob. Mm-hmm. Um I find that World War One sequences yeah. hit me really hard. And I think it's a combination of not seeing them as much mm-hmm. as well as the scope. And it's you know, it was mentioned that the, you know, two hundred miles of front lines and again, not that that's there are other places that that is happening or that is worse. But um I think the scope, the circumstances, the tactics, mm-hmm. um I can th- I think can think of so so um, like visceral memories for me are a documentary about World War One of which I don't remember the name because Dad was watching it on PBS <laughs> and then um, dang it how can I not think of the name of this movie Legends of the, the Fall one we went to yes thank mm-hmm. you Legends of the Fall <laughs> I am still haunted by mm-hmm. that yeah that was I think that was that got me hard the the setup for it got me real hard and so then her triumph and their triumph i also love 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 abandoned misfits <laughs> right yeah, and then do. and yeah. also to keep it um in my you know social sciency what have you they are all othered in some way right and so in a that i could be a parallel to a woman on the battlefield or, or what have you but they are all others in quotes so their 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 entire team triumph in that i i that got me hard um that's not the phrasing i wanted for that (laughs) that got me period hard period (laughs) for this transcriptionist um yeah earlier on i don't know that i i had as much right at the beginning but i also didn't have i didn't have the lead up waiting for the film that you all did so I, I wasn't expecting emotion. Uh, and, and as I sat down and you, they, there's this intro where we see present day um, Wonder Woman working at the Louvre and, and, mm-hmm. and then, then it flashes back and you see and then cuts from her face to the face of this young girl just running. And the first I see, I'm getting chills right now. The first time yeah. I saw it, I burst into tears. I just spontaneously oh, no. in the theater burst into tears. And I was like sh- kind of shocked at myself. I, I wasn't and I'm not. And I'm not trying, you know, this is a, you know, feminist film podcast and I'm not trying to be like, oh, you know, like pat myself on the back. But just just my honest emotional reaction as I the more I thought about it was I did not know how much I wanted this. I did not know yeah. how much I, I had missed this kind of movie, a big budget actiony kick 
but special effects extravaganza movie with a hero who's a woman. And this and, and part of it, too, is I, you know, I have a young daughter. I, I know we're, that's that gets into dicey things. <laughs> we, we should, we should <laughs> yeah, just no, appreciate it. But but I but I can't help but see her in this, you know, as this as this young Dan is watching the Amazonians train and she's like, you know, fake like punching and stuff and mimicking, I mimicking yeah. yeah and my my daughter does this bam crash bam crash thing where she's pretending to like punch bad guys you know and I just it all all of that kind of it just sort of surged through me and I was expecting not to have that experience the second time and there were two times where I wrote in my notes like I'm weeping here like I, <sighs> I, I I find myself overcome at certain moments because I did not know I was starved for this kind of character in this kind of movie and and for that if nothing else, the movie will always have like it will always resonate with me, I think. Well, shoot, that just points out my cold dead heart. Um, <laughs> while we're back on the island. Yeah, and I don't I know we can't spend our entire time here. So you're welcome to move <laughs> although, me off the island. Although, after, although you want to. Yeah, I do. After this part, I just want um, you know, it's not a shout out in our opening women in this film uh, list because it's a smaller role. But I Robin Wright. Mm hmm. Not only do we have this island full of strong women, many of the non-named, I mean, they have names, but not they're not gaining, not given to us, you know, in the beginning, yeah. are people, folks I recognize from, you know, TV or movies or, you know, their they're faces I may have seen. Right. But Robin Wright having this significant, important role at 51 years old, yeah. which is not old, but for to be a warrior to be a yeah. hero to be even sexualized in any way whether that's a, we're considering that a good thing or a bad thing like i was just that struck me a lot yesterday she's also i mean not to again steer away from this but she's also in blade runner 2049 in like a position of power she is i mean she's basically like ryan gosling's boss in that right um you know she's a high-ranking police official and so i like i mean from i think house sort of like rejuvenated her into like this mm -hmm. threatening powerful presence and yeah she's great in this movie i wish that she was in the movie more i understand yeah. why she can't be but like between like house of cards and this and blade runner like she can be the princess bride or she can be this like amazing strong powerful woman absolutely it also resonates especially with her because the, and this is all you know gossipy hollywood stuff but apparently um she married well not apparently she married when she married sean penn and mm -hmm. you know they were having children together and i'm sure they were very happy but apparently he also did not want her working and so the there there is a there is at least is an interpretation of her career that says she stepped back from acting because a, a man asked her to and mm -hmm. I, I find the her <laughs> I, I then read that into her role here I read that into the <laughs> the fierceness with which she trains Diana and and all the stuff she brings to bear on basically every character she's played in the last five ten years from from House of Cards through this and I may be you know I may, I may be adding a lot of sort of <laughs> untrue Hollywood gossip to that but that's something I've heard more than once from from more reliable sources than not and I am so always so glad to see her and i think that this this part she makes this part sing in a way that it pro it's well enough written it probably would have with anybody else but she's bringing a lot 
to to it too. Uh, and, and then and then of course the way she's shot and the way that she's you know gets to interact with the with the other Amazonians, the way she carries herself on the battlefield, and the way that that is mm-hmm. shot when they have that beach battle, which is maybe my vote for best action sequence of the last decade. I, I think there's so much going on in that that's so refreshing and clear and emotional. And I feel like she's a big part of that. Oh, shoot. I forgot to vote in my best action sequence <laughs> of the last decade. I'll have to look look through my for your consideration mail. As we transition into the London and other European fronts of this film. Um, yes. I wrote down my favorite. I wrote down a number of quotes. Many quotes. Men are easily corrupted. I'm the man who can, she says, various things. Can y'all guess my favorite <laughs> sentence of the whole day? Does it take place on the boat? It does take place on the <laughs> boat, indeed. Uh, where they're talking about men and women and pleasure, etc. And um, Joey, Joey, do, Joey, do you have a guess? Um, no, because all I can think about on that boat scene is just how awkward Chris Pine is. Um, right. I mean, the whole scene is wonderful. I can't. I can't have a specific. Yeah. Did I write down? He does a great, charming, awkward. He does. I, I don't think this is on the boat, but one quote I wrote down around that time. It's not about men and women, but she says, "We made a deal, Steve Trevor, and a deal is a promise, and a promise is unbreakable." I like that yeah, too. That's, that's the second T-shirt. I have a friend who's going to make me T-shirts. That's the second T-shirt <laughs> I'm going to get. The first one, however, is talking about for reproduction. And she's read the 12 volumes of of this or that. And and she says, well, when it comes to men. I've read all 12 volumes of Cleo's treatises on burgundy pleasure. All 12, huh? Mm -hmm. Did you bring any of those with you? You would not enjoy them. I don't know, maybe. No, you wouldn't. Why not? They came to the conclusion that men are essential for procreation, but when it comes to pleasure, unnecessary. No. Yeah, that's great. That was, which can be played, you know, for laughs and can also be played for empowerment. And I love, I love me some sex positivity. Yeah. And I don't want to give Gal Gadot short shrift here, but I think that Chris Pine is doing excellent work in this movie. Yes, absolutely. Can we talk about how he's the damsel in distress, basically? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about that. Yes. Is that is that is that a sexist? I mean, I don't know if that's a sexist phrase or not. But like, he crashes. He has to be saved. Like he, the first thing we see is he crashes and has to be is he, he has, his life has to be saved. Like he is helpless and she saves him and she's the hero and he is mm-hmm. like, you know, stereotypically in these kind of movies he's sort of the the woman. I mean, he he has a heroic death at the end. Spoilers for the end of the movie, but. I I like this gender role reversal where, you know, he's unsure how to act around her and like she's supremely confident and like, of course she is. And I I just love the dynamic and like how it subverts everything that, you know, movies like this generally sit. Along with that, I love how she is confident, but not afraid to ask questions. Yeah, right. Which you don't always be in confident male heroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't see Batman versus Superman, but I don't know how many sincere questions either of those superheroes asked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe during an interrogation, right? Like they're beating somebody up. And they're like, sure, sure. The- I mean about yeah. something they didn't know. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, I, no, I mean, he, I think he's great. I did, I did write in my notes where, where, where are those pine buns? <laughs> Right? Yep. Yep. We see enough lady buns. I, you know, I want men buns. Well, we do see him almost naked. 
That's what I'm saying. I watched that whole scene very slowly and no buns. <laughs> it was bunless. Yep. Unfree. The, the moment when I when I really fell for him in this performance is when he's um, tied up with the with the lasso. And, and, <laughs> yes. and they're asking him, and he says, I'm a I'm a I'm a spy. What the hell is this thing? The lasso of Hestia compels you to reveal the truth. That is really hot. It is pointless and painful to resist. What is your mission? Whoever you are, you are in more danger than you think. What is your mission? I am a... I am a... I am a spy! I'm a spy. He has that like, like he, he because he's also then the comic relief. In addition to being mm-hmm. at times damsel in distress, and and what's what's really cool about the movie is that she gets to be comic relief too. There's a great moment when they're when they're in London and she tries an ice cream cone, and she just yes. like it's the first time she's had ice cream, and she just like melts over it. And then she turns to the guy and she says something like, uh, "You should be so you should be proud. very proud. Yeah, you should be yeah. very proud." <laughs> And I just, I, you just can't help but love. Like I, I'm, I'm, I love a fish out of water story. Anyway, it's like my favorite parts of the of the Kenneth Branagh Thor movie are are like there's a there's a diner scene. It's probably my only favorite part of the Kenneth Branagh uh, <laughs> Thor. But like he 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 says more ale or whatever, like smashes his his mm-hmm. up on the ground. Like that sort of that sort of fish out of water stuff gets me every time. But she's able to be uh, because he gets to be funny doesn't mean she can't be funny. Uh, and because right. he gets to he has hero moments. And she obviously has hero moments being the hero of the movie, but there, but it, what, what this movie I think demonstrates too, is that you're, it is possible to have a, a lead actor and a lead role and a supporting role, both get those kinds of moments, which does not happen all the time in a movie with right. like this, with the male lead. Well, then you get sort of the tertiary level of his assistant secretary, the Etta Candy, who's also the comic relief, right, right. but does her job really well. At the same time, she's not bumbling. She's not at, you know what I mean? Like she's, right. she's there. She, she gets handed the sword. Yeah. And then uses right? it. Yeah. Or threatens to. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. She's there for that alley fight um, to really, and that's, you know, like you, um, you both have mentioned that not only the way Chris Pine plays this part, but the, the part itself that his initial reaction is to shield Wonder Woman yeah, in the alley right. from the fight, which makes sense yep. for the time and place. I'm not, you know. Right. And then immediately when he realizes she's got it, he says, or not, and then <laughs> moves aside and lets her Kick ass. do her thing. Yeah. And at that point, he doesn't believe her. Like, because I wrote in my notes thing that, like, he humors her at the beginning. I don't think he believes her yet. Uh-huh. But he's still willing to step aside and give her that space to save his life. What I think is also really funny about that scene is that he wants to be heroic and then she stops the bullet and he's such a coward in that moment that like even just holding the hot bullet in his hand, like he can't do that. And it's like, I admire your ambition to protect this woman, but you know, look at how you're reacting to this. Just like holding something that's a little bit warm. Like that's, I mean, it's, it's the comic relief as you were saying, but it's also like this, you know, who's really in charge here and who's really able to take control of the situation. Right. Absolutely. Um, I have, something we're talking about the well i was talking about the time in which it takes place and um so Mm -hmm. 
1918, or I would still consider early, early 20th century. Right. I wrote, it's not the first time or the last time that on this podcast, a woman is in a room with only men and is only allowed in there because she's vouched for. By a man. By a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, t- I take that the sort of broadly vouched for in from Contender and then very specifically to a, an episode we'll get to later in the season with Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm right. keeping track of that, <laughs> his, those historical moments for y'all. Well, I think what... So it, we said something earlier when we were talking about Angelina Jolie that we sort of touched on again now with the Chris Pine stuff. And again, sort of plays in here with the, the only woman in a male room. I think that there is a really delicate balance played in this film to portray her as naive but not dumb that Mm -hmm. she does not know how the world works she does not know why she can't be in this room she does not know why you know ice cream isn't eaten by everyone at all times or whatever that like you were saying i think angelina jolie is to knowing that it wouldn't necessarily work and i think that's right because here it's she's not really naive she's just pure like she's so kind and good mm-hmm. and gentle and not in negative ways, not in like ways that you sort of demean female characters, but like she's just such a like comes from such a place of goodness that she doesn't understand why the world is so broken. And the way that they depict that throughout mm-hmm. in pretty much everything, like her entire movie, when she hits you know, jolly old London. And she's like, this is terrible. Like it's like, she's just so honest and she's so (laughs) genuine. And what could be in lesser hands, either played or depicted or written as, Oh, this girl is like a dumb fish out of water. It's, Oh no, she's seen the world for what it really is and how it could be better across the board. Yeah. She has such a heavy lift in this movie. I guess the, 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 the writing is there to make this, you know, to help her, but, but Gal Gadot has a she, it's a heavy lift in the vein of the Chris Evans performance as Captain America, where he has to be the moral center. And it's also the, a similar thing in the in the in the more contemporary set movies there where he's you know, he's from the 40s. He's from like a, a sort of a mm-hmm. imagined, you know, like movie version of the of the 40s brought to, you know, 2017 or 2016 or whatever. And 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 he pulls that off too. She has such a clear moral sense, but it doesn't feel like she's looking back from our time. It, they're able to do it because to to have it be her sort of from this like mis, almost mystical or this more maybe pure is the best way to say it. This more pure mm-hmm. sense of 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 right and wrong and of morality. But as a result, we then laugh along because we're like, yeah, there's no reason that. To, to not have women in that room. In fact, there's every reason to have women in that room. Right. Especially this woman, but all women. Right, right, right. I, you've both said pure a couple of times, and this is not what you meant, but it made me think of something mm-hmm. uh, that I wrote down that I like starred four times. As someone who has studied abstinence academically, I felt like in this, a lot of times, whether it's the hero or whoever else, not a lot of times, sometimes virginity stories annoy me uh-huh, right, pretty hard. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like in this case, her, and I'm assuming here, at least in terms of, you know, PIV sex, she would be considered a virgin that way, um, is offset by this understanding of pleasure that's already been discussed. Right, right. Right? So in that case, because of that context that we have, her, you know, the romance and the seduction 
was so much more tolerable for me because mm-hmm. I was like, she knows her deal. This is really a science experiment for her and she's okay yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, and then also, of course, I think in part because of a woman at the helm, you don't see any of it because I, a pet peeve of mine in films is what I call penetration face. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, uh-huh. and that yep. would that, yep. I would have been so mad. Yes, I don't want to see Wonder Woman's penetration face. Right, right. You know, and her whole new world opening because of blah blah. blah. Like, right. But you know who does? Zack Snyder, probably. Probably. Right. right. Uh, Zack Snyder probably knows. Yeah, exactly how he would film that. I actually, I actually wrote down because when they, you know, he like kind of walks her to her her room and then, you know, sort of steps inside and closes the door and we basically cut away. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, like, I wasn't sure, like, I there's, I, I guess, in a movie like this that's trying to hit the four quadrants or whatever, there's sort of this expectation of like a romance between them. And yes. I think even if they never even kissed i think that's sort of established or assumed that there's this like rapport between them and like i didn't know like it's it's almost they were in the room together it cut away when they were in the room together right right. but i wasn't sure if it like if we needed that scene at all like did did that need to be there you know i for my money i don't think it did i don't mind that it's there i think it's handled really really well and i think i think that we are meant to understand the moment more in terms of um, pleasure and emotional connection than like mm-hmm. banging out sex. And I, and I think that it's, I think that it's shot that way. I think it's conceived that way. I think the buildup has been um, it's, it's clear that they're sort of infatuated with one another to some degree from the very beginning, their very first meeting, not in a, like, I want to like, I mean, in, in a, in a full person infatuation, right? Like they're kind of fascinated by mm-hmm. one another. And I think that that's a beautiful way to sort of begin to lay the seeds for this eventual sexual relationship that they, that they have in this moment. The thing I, the thing I, you know, it, I remember it happening in a theater and, and I, the first time I saw it and I thought, Oh, do we have to, do we have to? And then it happened. Right. I did too. And then it, they did it and I'm like, yeah, okay, well they did that well. And then my, I have more problems with the movie as it goes along, and and I think they handle it as as best they probably can, given the the demands of a third act climax in this kind of a movie. No pun intended. That but that mm-hmm. that it, that there is the love that the love does sort of spur her on to whatever. Or I guess I guess what they do is that it awakens her to hum, the humanity's capacity for love, yes. and and I think that that's. That's a really they walked a really fine line, <laughs> but but it, to yeah. some degree, it felt like they were using this as a setup for that payoff at the end. See, and I I thought of it more as it was a I don't know if full misdirect, but they're expecting. Right. So based on this, because I had the exact same reaction mm-hmm. you did to mm-hmm. it. And so then I was thinking, OK, we're going to have this giant battle where she's enraged because her boyfriend dies. And then that's why. And it to me. They did thread that needle because that was not what it was about. Right, right. It wasn't about her avenging yes. her love for him. But what st- stood out to me then and now is his when he's trying to get her to help him with the bombs before we realize who the real bad guy is um, or who, you know, the real bad guy for her is right. um, that he's, you know, sc- screams at her. It's not about deserve because her in that that purity of the yes the stories she's heard about the world of men and the world of gods and all that there's this balance of of good and evil kind of thing and that it's just more complicated than that i don't know right that's my that's my two cents i thought i thought they misdirected us with the now we're in love 
bit. Joey, what do you think? Do you think that that uh, was your question? I turn it back on you. Do you think that that was a necessary scene, their, their love scene there? I don't I, st- I still don't know. I like that what you both said about how the, the battle like they they don't use that as the uh, you don't they don't use his death in a wrong way. Like I like that. Right, I, I still right. don't know if that scene needs to be there if they're just like checking off a box of like, OK, superhero movie got to have our star with the, you know, the handsome partner assumed or implied sex. Like, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I wrote it down sort of trying to hear what you guys had to think because I wasn't sure myself. Yeah, no, I think they were trying to trick us or they were showing us I think they were showing us why this superhero is different (laughs) and how that gets her to this place of living in the world Mm. among us filthy humans. Diana. Diana, we can talk about this later. I need you to come with me. No, after everything I saw, it can't be. It cannot be. They were killing each other. Killing people they cannot see children. No, it had to be him. It cannot be them. Diana, people. I, that's. I, I, she was right. My mother was right. She said the world of men do not deserve you. They don't deserve our help. It's, 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 not, it's not about deserve. deserve it's not, maybe, maybe we don't. But, but it's not about that. It's about what you believe. You don't think I get it after what I've seen out there? You don't think I wish I could tell you that it was one bad guy to blame? It's not. Uh, We're all to blame. I'm not. But maybe I am. (sighs) Please, if you believe that this war should stop, if you want to stop it, help me stop it right now. Because if if you don't, they will kill thousands more. Please, please come with me. I have to go. Is this maybe now a good time? And if it's not, we can cut this out. But is this now maybe a good time to talk about like the origins of Wonder Woman and capture mm. really, really well yeah. in another movie from last year, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women? You've seen this about Haven't how you? I did. Yes, and I love it. It's tell us about it. I've not seen it. Isn't have you seen this movie? I have not. Yeah, tell us about it. I just know what my students tell me about Wonder Woman. Yeah, so it's about this. Uh, it's about the inception of Wonder Woman, and it is about this couple who are both professors, I think. And this is in the 40s, or maybe he's a professor and she's just sort of there because it's again where you know women can't necessarily be a professor and whatever. Uh, I think it's an all girls college. I've only seen it once, so I'm a little bit fuzzy on the details. All women's college. Oh, sorry, all women. Um, he like they're both professors of psychology or they're both you know doctors in psychology or whatever it is and he's also like this struggling comic book writer in his free time and then they begin a relationship with this one student and it becomes like this is all based on what actually happened and like it's this like this queer love story between the three of them and about how like it's not accepted in this time and how this sort of all everything that they're going through kind of inspires this, you know, legacy of wonder woman, which became like banned or limited or Hmm. whatever, because there was a lot of like bondage and stuff. And like this, you know, this like weird 
what people perceive as like too kinky for mainstream consumption and like how she was using her lasso and everything. And like this is really, you know, we're, we're talking about this movie, which takes place in 1918 and how there's, you know, these gender politics. But like this, you know, a couple of decades later, I think in the early 40s, it's still not much better. And they have to like sort of live their lives in secret. And there's like, you know, this again, to use the word like this good and pure love between the three of them and society doesn't want to have any part of it. That sounds so much more interesting than the trailer for that movie made yeah. it out to be. It's, and I know you don't watch famously don't watch trailers, Joey, so you would not know that unless maybe you've watched it since. But I have always been sort of vaguely interested in the movie. But now I really I really want to see it. That does sound like something worth worth taking in. It was a movie that played at Fantastic Fest last year, and I had heard such good things about it, but it was getting like a mainstream release a couple weeks later. I mean, mainstream in terms of like indie theaters, like it was around. I wasn't in, you know, like AMCs everywhere, but like I went to my indie theater and saw it there and it's just so good. Like it's like racy is the wrong word, but it's, you know, in a year where a Wonder Woman movie like this comes out to then. Yeah. You know, have a movie poster where it's basically Wonder Woman, but in that movie, mm-hmm. it's in the back of a sex shop and she's in essentially bondage gear. And like, that's how mm-hmm. you see her. It's just, it's this weird, not dark story, the origin, but it's like the true where they came from. And it's just like this really interesting companion piece. Hmm. What a cool thing to come out of that struggle. Yes. For that relationship, right? Right, right. I've heard from my students that aspects or parts of the Wonder Woman history, it, it has a kink element, um, as well as uh, Wonder Woman as bisexual and perhaps transgender storylines in the mascara. Huh. And I haven't researched the legitimacy of those or not, but our fans can <laughs> let us know <laughs> on Facebook what's wrong and what's right about about that. But um. But some of that then really sort of rings true with with your um, historical data there. But yeah, I definitely recommend both of you to see it and also anybody who's interested in either comics or history or, you know, gender or LGBTQ or just like, like it, it covers so like it's still like a, a niche movie sort of, but like it covers so many different things that so many different people could be interested in. Like, go find it. Like it, it I think it's it's out on VOD and I think it's on Blu-ray and DVD. If not now, then soon. Like it's out there. Go get it. That sounds great. Are we close to playing my game yet? Because I'm really excited. We're really close to the game. I just have a couple other things I wanted to say. I, we're, we're, we've come to the, the climax of the movie, um, but I, I wanted to, to mention one more scene that I just love Chris Pine in, uh, which is mm-hmm. in, they, they are, they've snuck into this high German high command party, and his mission is to seduce this doctor who's a doctor like poison. woman who's a doctor poison a chemist, right yeah. a chemist also a, a great strong female down. presence yeah. not for the forces yeah. of good <laughs> right, right but she's a she's a, a bad a bad bee if you will. <laughs> yes yes uh th- there's a and which is which is an interesting interesting thing that um to a tangent off of what you said there uh that, mm-hmm. that one thing i wish is that this movie the the danny houston character in this movie the, the person we think of as the main bad guy all along although i Professor Lupin? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes although i although i never trust david thewlis in a movie so i know he's bad for the first time he's, he's on screen but but um the danny houston character does not feel like the inversion of wonder woman and that feels like what 
her villain should be in the mm-hmm. in the movie. And it feels like Doctor Poison could have been that a woman who yeah. had she grown up in the mascara, she she might have been like a great ally of Wonder Woman. And this like her contributions might have not been in vain. But uh, and I like that we don't are never we're never told why she's where where's that mask on part of her face, yeah. right? Like we just I assume it comes from some sort of disfigurement from her work, but I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a comic book origin for it. See, and I took it, I'm sure there is too. I took it as something that was done to her and her revenge. Oh, right. Sure. Was to then create something worse. I like that. I I mean, I don't like like that, but I. The world of man did this to her. So she's going to. Right. Right. um, That's anyway. See, this would have been, so anyway, I, th- I think there's some missed opportunities <laughs> there with Dr. Poison, but I am glad that she's there. And then, so Chris Pine comes in and is like, like seducing her. And I believe him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you just showed me that moment and did tell me, I didn't know there, there was a Wonder Woman movie. And you just showed me that, that part of that scene. I'd be like, yeah, so he's really this guy. He's really like, so because he's an actor playing a character who's acting and, mm-hmm. and he, he's, he's, again, they give him an opportunity as, as they don't offer or don't always do for the for the love interest in these superhero movies for that character to show all these different sides of who, of who they are and I think that that was I, I think he's so good in that moment and I think that that's uh, other comic movies with male leads should take a cue from that for the for the female roles not necessarily having them seduce someone because that we do see that but having allowing them to show how they are good and powerful and, and useful uh, to the story as well I love fire don't you It is like a living act of entropy, the ultimate weapon of destruction, reminding us that in the end, everything eventually returns to the ash it came from. There is something reassuring about it. I see all of that in your eyes. Well, as we learn in that great boat scene, he is above average. So we know that he's pretty good at things. So <laughs> we learned that when he was in the tub, not showing me his butt. He's talented enough that he can like channel whatever there is that's sort of awkward or off into a way that then is interesting and you're compassionate for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's right? a, I, yeah, I think he's a much in, more interesting actor than mm-hmm. some of the roles that he's had have allowed him to be. That's not quite the right way to say it. That you, mm-hmm. uh, for 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 an actor who's headlined a bunch of action franchises, uh, it feels like he is a more interesting actor than some other actors who do a do similar kind of roles. Yeah, I think he is clever, and he tries so hard to bring that clever. Or that clever shines through right, right. the character, whether the character deserves it or not. And he's also done crazy things like, I don't know if you, either of you have seen this movie Stretch, but he plays like a real like lunatic in that movie. I feel like he does, th- I mean, he is, you know, the face of Star Trek and stuff like that, but he also is willing to go out on these limbs and like take these weirdo, weirdo roles that I don't think other people, like Chris Pratt's not necessarily doing that. Like he's now megastar and like he's, I love him and he's great in things, but I don't know that he's going to go do this like, weirdo role where he's got like a scraggly beard and you know like dirty and just it's Chris Pine feels like he's sort of game for whatever which is really cool like he's also like he's in Angie Tribeca apparently you know he's in Wet Hot he's like he's in these like Mm -hmm. really goofy things and not just playing this like A-list movie star headlining you know Captain Kirk he's he's gonna do things that are cool and fun and weird yeah totally 
Did you have something else you wanted to say before? Yeah, my last yeah. thing, because my 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 three last notes on the on the movie were Ugg smoke signals, because I that. Oh my gosh! Yes, that, uh, that, that bothered that, me. I bumped on that too. <laughs> and then, I, that and, bumped me out. And then I have blah 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 explosion explosion, but Steve dies, sad face. And then the last thing I wrote was we have a Christ image, which I didn't really, I don't know how I didn't notice it because it smacks you right in the face as she as she's like bringing down the hammer of justice on Ares or not uh, or whatever it is she's right. doing at the end here. But she, but that that you know the, to see a woman in that position is not something again that we see in a lot of these movies. And I wasn't moved. I didn't weep, you know, in the same way I did at the beginning of the movie but i did get some chills at that at seeing at seeing the you know she's not sacrificing anything i guess she's already done some sacrificing but i did get chills at that at the, at, at seeing a woman in that position of power given that position like given that that pose uh and i thought mm-hmm. that was i thought that was a, a powerful a more powerful image than i expected it to be i agree i i don't have anything to add but it, i i i it was very powerful but not as moving as other parts yeah all right should we play a game Go for it. Let's play a game, gents. Okay. Tonight's game is called Gabin Like Gall. Okay. <laughs> I have several quotes. Oh, wow. None of them are from Wonder Woman okay. because we all just watched it. The quote is either something Gal Gadot uh-huh. has said uh-huh. or something a character of hers has said. Oh, I will um, give you the quote using whatever inflection I choose. (laughs) And then you will tell me if it's um, if it's gall or if it's a roll. Oh, that's a great game. Okay, Gavin, let go. And then I can keep track of your points if you want or not. I'll let you both make an estimate. Nope. Do we both answer each question or do you ask yes each- you're gonna both answer each i'm not gonna tell you the answer until okay. after okay. you both voted okay. got it got it got it okay okay yep okay and I'll, I'll tally up your points okay number one i'm compassionate and sensitive you can say anything to me oh good i'm gonna say that's that's gal okay i'm gonna say it's a character and that point goes to Joey. Oh, man. There we go. That uh, is uh, Natalie Jones from Keeping Up with the Joneses. I will tell you now that the first <laughs> sentence of the quote is, what? How can you say that to me? I'm compassionate and sensitive. You can say anything to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, good. That's it. I'm a very open-minded girl. Ooh, character. Joey, you can say the same thing as him if you want. Yeah, I'm trying to... Trying to decide. I'm a very open-minded girl. I'm gonna say. Ooh, I'll also say character. And you will also be wrong. <gasps> so let me give you the first part of it. Yeah. I'm very open to all genres because I'm a very open-minded girl. Oh okay. yeah, that's good. That's that would have given it away, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Number three. I'm kind of sarcastic, not cynical, but sarcastic. Mm, that has to be gall. Um, <laughs> now I'm going like the, you know, is she alternating character, actress, character, uh-huh. actress? Is she <laughs> trying to throw a curveball I do love here? patterns. I do love patterns. Um, it's, it's like, it's like Wallace Shawn in uh, Princess Bride, speaking of um, right. <laughs> now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I love being compared to Wallace Shawn. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
Can you say it one more time? I'm kind of sarcastic. Not cynical, but sarcastic. I'm going to say it's a character. All right. So that's a point for Tobin. That's also a skull based on my research. You're halfway through the game. And we're tied. So far, it's a tie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't felt good about any of my answers so far. <laughs> well, one of them is correct. Sorry, I, I know, but I still feel didn't feel good about it. That's a you problem, not a me problem. Okay. That is a me problem. You don't need to send a man to do a woman's job. Ooh, uh, character. I'm going to say character. Uh, that is from Fast Five. You're when right. they are getting the handprint. <laughs> Uh, and this is, I mean, objectification, but it's also uh, really uh, cool, I guess. But it's, you know, they have a really creepy guy they need to get the handprint of. And she goes over there and he puts his hand on her butt. And so they get the handprint from her bikini bottom. Do I get a bonus point for that? I do recall that. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't get a bonus point. Uh. You just get um, <laughs> oh. my respect for the depth at which you can be. <laughs> You know, of this well that you have. So you, I, does that make you feel better about your first point then? Because that, that, yeah, that point was, was so out of the park. Yeah, I'm impressed. No, this is just this, it was just confidence. It's my uh, too fast, too forever knowledge bleeding into other podcasts. <laughs> there you go. All right. I don't think you've ever known a woman like me. That's got to be a character. I'm also going to say character. Yeah, you're both right. What's it from? So that I was cheating. I cheated, y'all. Um, that is Diana Prince mm. from Batman vs. Oh. Superman. Oh, yeah. But I like that you didn't know that quite as well as you knew <laughs> the Giselle bikini well, I've only seen Batman vs. Superman once, and I'm not looking forward to watching mm. it again. I've seen Fast Five five or six times, maybe, and I'm going to watch it again oh, in a couple months. Do. So, yeah. <laughs> like I said, my favorite franchise. If that part, if that tangent mm-hmm. stays in, I mean, now it has to stay in. See see what I've done here, Tobin? I've wrapped it around. Yeah. We've yeah. got to leave that you've early part in. Canon. Yeah, it's true. You, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Who put the quote in there? You've wrapped it around. <laughs> Wait, what? I put the quote in there. <laughs> He's just calling out that it has been wrapped around. You're right, but good work, Joey. Way to get back to Fast and Furious. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Okay. And finally, for me especially, I travel a lot. And with the weather change and everything, my skin gets dehydrated very fast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, I'm going to let Joey go first on this one because I I need to think about it. We're tied, right? So whoever gets this right, if one of us us gets it right. No. Yeah, you're tied. Oh, we are tied? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I thought you were were ahead. Can you say it one more time, please? Sure. For me especially, (laughs) I travel a lot. And with the weather change and everything, my skin gets dehydrated very fast. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> I think she just did. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, so I feel like this is meant to be. Oh, this is about Gal going, you know, from city to city and promoting a movie or anything. I'm just not too familiar with her. Like, I forgot she was in Keeping Up with the Joneses, where she's married to John Hamm in the most handsome Hollywood couple in any movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say this is a trick, and I'm going to say, mm, don't feel good about it. I'm going I'm to go actress. <gasps> okay, so now if I go, if I go gall in this one and then mm-hmm. then we're tied. Mm-hmm. Yes. I go, but if I say character, then <gasps> we are... Then one of us wins. Yeah. So I'm going to say character. I'm going to roll the Ooh. dice. I think you're right, but I'm going to say character. I think it's a trick one. I think she said the trick one for last. I think you're going to be right. 
I just I just really enjoyed how you all spun that. <laughs> she is indeed a quote from Gaul herself. Yes, oh, you're right. Boom, man, I, well done, well played. I don't yeah. know if any of your quotes from her came from this video, but there is about a half an hour long video on YouTube where she and Kumail Nanjian interview each other, and it is delightful. <gasps> yeah. That'd be amazing. Is that for the um, actors? Is it a series of like a black and white series called Actors Interview Each Other? No, it's for Variety, oh. I think. Variety did the series, oh, okay. I guess, as actors on that Actors. That sounds amazing. No, it's it's over just over half an hour long. And it's Gal and Kumail sat down to talk auditions, name pronunciations, because they talk about how neither of them can get other people can't get their names right and stuff like that. And they they're basically uh, just uh-huh. both in love with each other. And like, they you know, admire one another. And it's just it's wonderful. So, check that out too. oh my god oh, i gotta fun. see this we got linked we'll link to that on the page as we uh uh our facebook page as we put this episode out there excellent well thanks for playing gavin like all with me undefeated that was a good game well done one and oh undefeated <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 so speaking of undefeated i th- well, actually, uh, i'm gonna but, ask but, the question sorry, before you do i have something that i want to say in victory okay sure <laughs> <laughs> yes your speech yes speech I am Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. Queen of the Amazons. And your wrath upon this world is over. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, well played. Uh, so 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 now we're, we ask our question. We ask every time. I think the answer is pr- going to be. I, I'm guessing I know what everyone's answer is going to be, but I'll let you answer for yourselves. Is Wonder Woman progressive or regressive? Is this a step forward for women in front of and behind the camera, or a step back? Joey, it is progressive AF. Iceland, <laughs> I agree, one hundred percent. I think. Um, and in this case, in particular, both in front and behind. Yeah, that, we'll make it three for three. I think we've covered all the all of the significant reasons why. And I think that um, they if these, these two could keep making Wonder Woman movies for as long as they want. These two being um, Patty Jenkins uh, and uh, Gal Gadot. And I would watch every single one of them. This is <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, am, I am so in the tank for them and for this movie. And what I love about the two of them is that they were both strong and confident enough to be like, hey, if Brett Ratner comes back for the second one, we're not doing it. And the movie studio was like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're going to get rid of him. Like they yeah. they knew that they had all the power that like if they walk away, no one's seeing the second one except, you know, those 12 guys who love Zack Snyder. Um, but yeah, like they're just like, hey, we see injustice. We want this guy out of here. And the studio was like, yeah, OK. Absolutely. It came at it came at just the right time. And what's so cool is that this is um, these are people using power against people who have abused power. And I, I think there's something really poetic about that. And I I um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's uh, I think that's awesome. Eisen, want to tell everybody what our next movie is? Absolutely. One of my faves. <laughs> Speaking of favorite. Yeah. Um, she's the man starring Amanda Bynes. And a a pre Magic Mike Channing Tatum. Oh man! So I love that even without having to bring it up, you have brought up two of my three or two of my I don't know I have, I have like eight two new podcasts. We got Too Fast Too Forever talk, and now we got Magic Mike's talk. So you guys are both doing the Lord's work. <laughs> 
we're gonna have a great guest that time. Uh, so come come and check it out. That'll be out on March sixth in two weeks. And so yeah, this is uh, this has been really fun, guys. Uh, um, Joey, tell us uh, where people can find you if they want to track you down. So the number one place that I'm sure you mentioned maybe at the top or at the end or all throughout is go to cageclub.me and you can find all of our shows. Tobin has been a guest on so many of our programs, and we would love to have Island on other shows so she has to just reach out to us and we can get around too fast too forever to talk about as we all know her favorite <laughs> her favorite movies or Channing Tatum or Ryan Gosling or Charlie Starin or any of these uh, go to cageclub.me and I also pretty much across the board on the internet I'm at soul popped so Twitter letterboxd Instagram that I don't really use everything if you want to find me you can cageclub.me go see all of our shows now that you guys are putting out shows on Tuesdays we now have new podcasts every weekday so that's really cool that's awesome that's really neat Iceland, where can people find you if they want to track you down? Oh, gosh, in my office. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you must, <laughs> um, sassy, uh, at SassyNerdMT is my Twitter, and I am being blackmailed into using it. So, Can I say you're doing a great job? I, I we, We're only a couple of podcasts in, and, and long before these podcasts have, have come out, you have, you have started to use use your Twitter, and I think you're doing yeah. a great job of it. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, so. I, so blackmailing work. <laughs> in conclusion, blackmailing is <laughs> a good thing. Yes, if, you're, um, if you want to help me stay on Twitter and um, avoid misfortune, um, hit me up on Twitter. Yes, and you can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, all one word. And you can find us at facebook.com slash the contenders pod or on Twitter at contenders underscore pod. Get in touch. Tell us what movies you like. Tell us what you think of Wonder Woman. Tell us what you're hoping to see in the next Wonder Woman movie. Uh, we here at the contenders are very proud members of the Cage Club podcast network. And not just because Joey's here today. We always we always Aww. say this. And it's always true. And for all those great shows, including Wistful Thinking, Now and Again, Cinemakers, Magic Mikes. What was the other one? Oh, we were talking about Too Fast, Too Furious and all the rest Too of the shows. Too Fast, Too Forever. Too Fast, Too Forever. Oh, sorry. Right. Because that's an actual movie, isn't it? Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, Oh boy. For all those great shows, go to cageclub.me <laughs> or, or facebook.com slash cageclub and find them at cageclubpod on Twitter. Go subscribe to all the shows on the network on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a review. Tell us what you loved about us. Me more than Tobin, but you know, either one of us. And it helps us spread the word. And if you leave us a really awesome comment, we might read it on an upcoming show. Ooh. Yeah. So do it. So do it. Do it. Do it. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I am Tobin Addington. And for our special guest, Joey Lewandowski, we'll see you next time on The Contenders. And you can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, all one word. And you can find us at Facebook.com slash The Contenders Pod. Sorry, I said that so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I had an up speak in the middle of that. Let me try that again. You're weirdo. <clears throat>